0: Thank you for joining us for what would be another impactful edition of Sound of Strength Midweek Online Devotion by Wale Adeniro. We believe that what you're about to listen to will equip and empower you for today and for your future. Do follow along and enjoy.
1: Almighty, a very good morning to you wherever you're joining in from. This is Wale Adeniran, and it is that time for our midweek online devotion called "Sound of Strength." I believe that this is the day that the Lord has made, and you're not a mistake. You did not enter into today by happenstance, but you entered into this very day by the miracle working hand of God that has sustained you, kept you, seen you through, brought you through many challenges, many situations, many problems, many happy times, many times of praise, times of mourning, times of dancing, so that your calling on this earth can be fulfilled. And I believe that as you hear this this morning, this will be a tool for the propelling forward of your destiny. The fulfillment of God's plan for your life is going to be strengthened as we come in together around the word of God this very day. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and begin to give God praise and glory for who He is. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is the perfect God. Our God is a faithful God. Our God is our friend. He Is the one who knows our hearts. He's the one who sees us through. He's the one who guides us. Is our sufficient God. Is the one who called us out of darkness into His own marvelous light. Go ahead, child of God, and give Him worship, give Him praise and adoration. The Lord is good. The Word of God says, "And His mercies endure forever." The Lord is good, and His mercies endure forever. Better, better is one day on His court than a thousand elsewhere. We bless and glorify your name, Abba Father. For there is none like you, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, Your name is to be praised, Abba Father. We exalt you for you are good. Go ahead and appreciate yourself in your own words to the living God. Go ahead and appreciate yourself to the mighty God. Go ahead and appreciate, you know, uh, make God know that you are grateful. Appreciate your God. Appreciate God by your own words, with your own words, with your own tongue, with your own lips. With your own song with your own voice of gratitude father thank you you know all things you can do all things there's nothing impossible nothing too hard for you to do you are the all-conquering father you are the able maker nothing can stop you nothing can hinder you nothing can shake you nothing can overwhelm you nothing yes Lord with you all things are possible and we praise and magnify the name of Jesus we glorify that holy name, Jesus. We exalt that holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah to you, Father. Go ahead and say, Father, I commit this day into your hands. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. May it be according to your plan. May it be according to your will. May my life go in the direction that you have ordained for it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can you go ahead and pray? May my life go ahead in the direction that everyone has for it. Let my life go in the trajectory that God has for it. This day, O oh Father, let your will find full expression. In the name of Jesus Christ, I receive grace to take the right steps at the right times today. Yes, I receive grace to be at the right place at the right time today. I receive grace to hear the right things and respond to them at the right time the proper way today. Yes, I receive grace, O oh God. I receive grace, grace to be at the right place at the right time, doing the right things. The grace, the grace that only God can work in my life. Let it begin to function in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we receive your grace in Jesus' name. I want you to pray right now. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, every evil that is standing against your plan for me this day, by the authority you've given unto me, I destroy them. I destroy every evil that is standing in the way of your plan for my life this day. I destroy every plan. I destroy every agenda that stands as an entrance against me, between me and God, between me and the plan of God, between me and the purpose of God, between me and the assignment that God has for me today. Yes, I stand against them and I destroy them. Now apply your authority. Apply your authority as a child of God. Apply your authority. Apply your authority. We lose everything the devil has bound. We bind everything the devil has loosed. Concerning my life, concerning my family, I bind everything the devil has loosed and I lose everything the devil has bound. I command, The devil shall not have any joy over me and my family this day. Era do But that which God has ordained for us will find full expression. Can you I see a calabash falling upon someone just as they are walking. And the Lord lays upon my heart that we should pray against walking into evil coincidences. Yes, pray against every evil incidences that will seem as just a coincidence. Every incident that is something you know nothing about, but you're about to walk into. Every trouble you're about to align yourself into. I jack you away from that situation. I jack you away from that circumstance, away from that incident. It shall not be for you. Trouble shall not befall you. You will not have to pay for something that you are supposed to uh, have nothing to do with. You will not have to answer for things that you have nothing to do with. You will not have to answer for things that are beyond your control. I pray you will not have to pay for or explain things. That were not your concern, were not your fault, were not your doing. In Naroko Fetele Bredivo Cosete, Il La Riga Barosi Saprande con Jan de Cava, La Rica Zotu Regebre de Nesuzu Quandro Goneche, in Radisatari Gradivaro in the name of Jesus, Sicate Ligandro Confene, Siziapa, Lara Kezecele Redla Sosor, Gera Aste Badoza, Aste Badoza, Teregre de Naso, Prenecus Hallelujah. In as de In the name of Jesus Christ of prayed. Wherever you are, if you can lift up your right hand, lift it up. The word of God says that your for, for for through our hands, signs and wonders shall be done. Bible says that signs and wonders were done through the mighty name of the holy child Jesus. Bible says you shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Ah, so that means that your hands are weapons of signs and wonders. Your hands are Instrument of signs and wonders. Lift up your hand and say in the name of Jesus Christ. These hands, you solve problems today and in this week. You solve problems. This hands, you bring solutions. You solve problems. You bring joy. Yes, yes. You bring solutions. You solve problems. You bring joy. You bring solutions. You solve problems and you bring joy. My hands and the hands of everyone that is under the sound of my voice. You bring solutions. You solve problems. You bring joy. You bring solutions. I declare you bring solutions. These hands. You solve problems. You bring joy. These hands shall not enter into trouble, but they shall solve troubles. These hands shall solve problems. shall solve problems. In the name of Jesus. In la radice sopra dozi barocoff e zekete in in the name of Jesus Christ pray over those hands pray over those hands cena toziata in morte de fro undoko shatara grene sia vosa sia vosa celecredivaro cosberdegre di allasata la raghese ataligreto la regane monodosia grande che shoko ratiza target de pa, rakate legrete in the name of Jesus Christ glory to god hallelujah in jesus mighty name we have prayed in the name of jesus christ we have prayed father we are grateful for your word that is able to change our souls transform our lives and give us empowerment by the spirit of grace this very morning we thank you because your word says when we ask we shall receive as we have asked this morning we believe we receive and our day is blessed our hands are blessed And we are for signs and wonders wherever we go and we'll manifest signs and wonders indeed in the name of Jesus Christ. This is your day. Lord, have your way. We disallow Satan. We allow the Spirit of God, the angel of God, and the plans of God in our life this day. Lord, we ask, O God, I ask that you grant unto us the working of your Spirit of wisdom and revelation that this very day we will see what you're saying as we go into your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen praise god hallelujah good morning once again good morning my name is wali Adinera once again and it is time once again for sound of strength i want us to go into the word of god uh this morning i'm going to be teaching some things that are solemn i'll just bring our minds to some things that we easily forget the things that uh the the world around us is pressuring us not to focus on but hear this i speak as a uh voice of god i speak as a son of god i speak as a servant of god i want you to receive those words because you did not pop into this place stumble into this uh, broadcast by mystic it's because this word is for you that's why i'm bringing this word we started last week on the topic success through god so the topic is not success the topic is success through god so that should give already um uh to anyone who's just joining that this is focused on the perspective of god you know and we uh, went through the scriptures in second samuel chapter 22 verse 30 to 31 which is our anchor scripture and we're going to begin there today again i'm going to uh, recall some things that we talked about last week if you have your bible please open with me or your physical bible or your Bible on your device. It's good for us to look into the Word of God together. Praise God. Second uh, Samuel chapter twenty-two, verse thirty and verse thirty-one. Beautiful verse of scripture. Verses of scripture. I want to read those again. It blessed me, and I believe it's still blessing you. This is the psalmist speaking. It says, "I'm going to read from verse twenty-nine, like we did last week." Second Samuel twenty-two, verse twenty-nine to verse thirty-one. It says, "For thou, oh for thou at my lamp, O Lord." And the Lord will lighten my darkness. I declare that the Lord is turning your dark path into lightened paths in Jesus' name. Verse 30, For by you I have run through a troop. By my God I have lived over a wall. Verse 31, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all that trust in him. So, the psalmist talked about the success he had through God in dark times. He says, God gave me light. So, light is where you get direction from. If you are in a dark place, in the dark field, you will be hoping that someone can put on the light so you can know where to go, what to avoid, what, to, uh, what you want to do can be better done when there is lightning. So, the psalmist says, the Lord is the light, the, the lamp that he has. He says, God lightens his darkness. And he says, now the Lord lightens my darkness. So, by you, I'm able to run through a troop. So we talked about the fact that these are living things. A troop is an army. It says there are armies, obstacles, uh, the living beings that are against me. And through the Lord, I'm able to run through them. It says through the Lord, I'm also able to leap over a wall. So systems, walls represent systems. Things that men have put in, in place to the access, to the exit and entry. The psalmist says, I'm able to overcome obstacles, policies, laws, hindrances that are not living things, that are put in the place uh, against my success. I'm able to overcome them by the law. Then he says in verse 31, as for God, his way is perfect. He begins to tell you, I was, was able to do this. It says, the word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all that trust in him. So when he says a buckler, it means a protective shield. A buckler is like a smaller version of a shield that you can hold in your hand and is, is smaller. So it says, I'm able to run through all this because I have a protective covering over my life. So a lot of people don't want to do much in life. They don't want to um, try to uh, attack life with so much zeal, purpose, and anger because they are afraid of the evils they pass through even to get to where they are. So they talk about, I know what I've been through to get here. So I even thank God for the fact that I'm even here in the first uh, instance and uh, what God has brought me through is awesome. So they recount always about the evils they pass through and they unknowingly settle down. Some people knowingly, but most people unknowingly settle down for where they are, not going for greater things. Why? Because they are encompassed with evil. They see that there's a spiritual obstacle And there are people who are are sworn to destroy their lives. So such people will easily have a testimony and hide it. They'll be pregnant and uh, not tell anyone. And the whole family will be surprised. Or because, oh, I I believe there's a family member who is a witch, who is a wizard, who is an occultic person and all that. But the psalmist says, I ran through all of these kind of people, excuse me, (coughs) through the shield that God gave me for protection. You must understand this. The strength of the devil does not diminish the strength of God. The reality of witches, wizards, and powers of darkness can never undo or shadow out or overshadow the reality of God. God existed before darkness. Darkness is a rebellion against the light of God. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. You must understand that the reality of witches and wizards, uh, people of darkness, uh, demonic uh, powers that are against you, are actually... A real proof that God is in existence because without God, hallelujah, without God, there is no darkness. Remember, a devil came as a rebel against God. So, the devil is the spirit of rebellion, is the spirit of darkness, and is a proof that there is a God. So, the Bible that you read, that I read, always is not shying away from the fact that we have an adversary. The fact that we have an adversary means that there cannot be an adversary against Uh, Sorry, there cannot be an adversary except there is a person to be adversarial against. That means there cannot be an enemy except there is an opponent. So the fact that you have an enemy means that there is already someone who is on your side. You did not become the devil's enemy because he hates you. You became the devil's enemy because the devil hates God and you were made in the image and likeness of God to fulfill the plan of God. So because you look like God, you are already by default an enemy of God. Let me just say this also, and I've said this uh, on 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 social media. I've never said it in an audio. You know, the people. You know, I hear people talk about the devil is after me. The devil is after me. Firstly, uh, the devil is not after everyone who says the devil is after me. The devil is not omnipresent. Is omni. Uh, the omnipresence of God is not shared by the devil. Omnipresence means to be in every place and at the same time. So, if a man in Zimbabwe says the devil is after me, a man in Nigeria says the devil is after me, a man in China says the devil is after me, a man in Ghana says the devil is after me, a man in Canada says the devil is after me, a man in Chile says the devil is after me, a man in Hungary says the devil is after me, a man in Finland says the devil is after me. And, and you can be sure with me that not one person in one country says, not just one person in, the, in each country says the devil is after me. Hundreds, millions of people will say the devil is after me. Let's just say even one. They will all be wrong. If one person from each country said the devil is, is after them or was after them, they will all be wrong because everybody will be a liar except one person. So who can the devil be after? Who is even who is even under attack of the devil stronger than than what we are thinking? Jesus said, strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. If the devil knows, the Bible says that he has a short while, according to Revelation 12, if the devil knows that he has a short while, it will not be after people who have little effect in the kingdom. It will be after the shepherds. Let me tell each other, God, if you have a man of God over your life, the devil is after him. Do I know that the devil is after me? Oh, I know. I see the signs everywhere. And the, if I never even notice the signs, I see the Bible and the Bible is true beyond what I see. So, first off, All the affairs about why you're not doing much. uh, You don't want to uh, put in the best into life. You just thank God because you're here. It's not good enough before God. It's not good enough. The person speaking to you is under more attack than you. As long as you're hearing me, please hear this. I've been a pastor over two churches. I'm still in ministry, uh, doing uh, ministry that the Lord has sent me to start this year, 2021. And I know the things that come against me. People have spoken against me. The devil has attacked me uh, physically, spiritually in every form. I know the things that, that the devil wanted for my life. I know uh, how someone saw that I was going to be in an accident and I not going to die. And I saw the accident and I, before, because I, I heard the person shared with me. And I went to pray and said, God, why didn't you show this to me? And I prayed and I still embarked back on that travel. And the Lord kept me. Let me tell you this. I saw, if, what I'm telling you is not like, oh, the person saw an accident, then it did not come true. No, when I prayed in anger that night, I went to bed and in less than two minutes i had a vision and i saw the accident i can still recount it this is about let's say seven years ago i saw the accident i saw the boss it was a white boss i saw the boss on the side you know like capsided and we're all in that accident and i rebuked it strongly I, i don't mean i prayed for two hours knowing how to use the word of god and the authority of god i said this cannot happen i began to bring my strong reasons against the kingdom of darkness. I was not begging God not to die. God doesn't want me to die. That is settled. When you know the word of God, you don't spend time on those things, begging God not to die. It was a devil that wanted to snuff out my life. All right. And I prayed against those things and I know where I am today is by the grace of God. All right. So the devil has tried against me in many ways. And if you have a pastor who is doing the work of God, who is teaching the word of God, who is not about, who is not an island or a highland, who is just a ministry to advance in rank, and one day he retires and gets whatever. Let me tell you, the devil is after that man. So whatever you're doing in life right now, that you're not doing passionately, you are cheating God, you're cheating the the systems of God, you're breathing in the air of God, and just allowing time to go by. And you will not be happy on the last day when you hear from your maker on how you've done things wrongly. That's why the maker sent me to you to tell you, you need to aim very high. Don't aim high, aim very high. If God says with me, all things are possible. What are you using the possibilities for? Just for survival? You're not here to survive. You're here to thrive. Hallelujah! Praise God. I didn't plan to see all that, but someone needed to hear that. You, you're not under the attack you think you are under. If the devil is after you, it's maybe the devil's younger brothers, his smaller demons. They don't. The devil cannot be facing you. Do you know how many great men of God are in the world? How many great women of God are in the world who are uh, um the, the, who are the populating hell who are getting people free out of hell who are ensuring people don't commit suicide who are destroying the power of darkness who are praying against things that are not even their concern who are praying for people who are not even even their biological brothers or sisters do you know how many so i want to say to you everyone hearing me if you're not amongst those men of god women of god who leads a people who is always for people praying for people waking up to study so that you can share sound of strength, to do a devotion, to pray for, with people online, whatever, and to meet them physically, to counsel them, to pray things of them, the devil is not after you. Yes, his demons may be after you, his systems may be also after you, but the devil himself does not have your time. I'm sorry for making you seem less important. You're not less important, but you are important, but don't extend yourself more highly than you ought to think, so says the word of God. The devil is not after you. The systems of Satan are after you. Demons are after you. And so is the devil after every man of God. And he's after every man of God through higher demons, higher devils. It might just be after uh, one man of God per time. It cannot be after everybody at the same time. Let me tell you, child of God, please, what I'm saying to you this morning is to let you know you have no excuse to be mediocrity, to be a mediocre, to be an average person. You have no excuse not to do something big for God. I mean, for God. You have no excuse not to aim high. You have no excuse. So let's go into what we're we're looking at. Time has gone, and I know that this thing I'm saying really matters for people hearing me. And I want you to take these words and run with them because you need to aim high. So the word of God says in Joshua 1 verse 8, we're going to go back to what we read last week why uh, we need to begin to uh, look at success through God's lenses. It says, Hallelujah. This is God speaking to Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your own way prosperous, and you will have good success. So God is talking to Joshua after Moses had died, saying, This is a system of success that brings good success. There are different kinds of success you can have outside the world. It's all bad success. There are many ways that lead to success, but the end thereof are the ways of death. But it's only one way to the success that God has designed. It says it's by having the mindset of my word because my word is a person. He says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate day and night. So it tells you that meditation is done with the mouth. It says for then you will make your way prosperous. You will have changed your way of doing things by staying your mind on the word and speaking the word. And then you shall have good success. So we stayed on this last week. So, and I began to explain that the laws were not um, all the books of the Bible when this man Joshua had this word from the Lord. He did not have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All he had was the five books of the law which Moses read wrote by the spirit of God which were Genesis Exodus Leviticus numbers and Deuteronomy so I go ahead so God told him if you stay your mind on those five books of the of, of my word you will have good success and in the word good success God is already telling you that I have a system of success that is different so we began to share 10 top dispositions that the law or the word of God, built in a person. Cuz God was telling Joshua, don't worry. Do you know, remember the way remember the way that God told Moses at the Red Sea, why are you crying unto me? What is in your hand? Lift it up, stretch it over the sea and it will be parted. The way God was saying, I don't expect you to cry unto me. I gave you something. I spoke to you at the burning bush about the rod in your hand what is going to do. So you should expect it to work. God is also saying to you, I spoke to you about the word You know, it still amazes me every day about how people don't believe the word. It amazes me. And let me say this, please. There are two things that Jesus Christ did mostly when he was on earth. Number one, he was going about preaching. Number two, he was going about healing. Your your Christianity can be measured by other people by your success with money because the Bible says wisdom is justified by our children, that's good. Your Christianity can be measured by your influence in the society. Your Christianity can be measured by how much you've impacted life. That's true. But there were some things that Jesus Christ did. Just the, the, the basic things that he did. If I cannot do the basic, I'm telling you, I cannot do the special things. Jesus, please hear this. Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and healing. He was demonstrating the power of God, the superiority of God over the the affairs of men. How? Over the systems of this world. How? Over the bodies of men. Over the power of sickness and death. How? By healing people. If Jesus could teach and heal, and I cannot teach and heal, my Christianity is still needing a basic uh, renewal. So it amazes me when people take drugs for three days, and after three days, they go back and say, it did not work. And people cannot believe their own words when they pray for themselves. It, it amazes me. I know you'll say, oh, it's because you've grown in the law. No, I started practicing this when I got born again. And can you hear that? When I got born again. I've never taken a full dose of medicine till today. So I did not learn this from my pastor. I did not learn this from, I learned this by looking into the word and hearing other people who I found were working in this. Because I said to myself, if this is the basic, if this is what Jesus Christ did, and I cannot do it to an extent, then how am I even sure of other things I pray about? Hallelujah. This word, so it amazes me when people don't even believe the word for healing. I wonder how you can believe it for other things in life. Because every day you will have your body talking to you, saying things to you, reacting to one thing or the other, and you need to master your body through the word of God. So 10 thought dispositions that the law will give you because what God is trying to do is to change your thinking. Number one, like we said last week, is the ability of God to start something great out of something broken. So God wants you to have that ingrained in you. Number two, the initiating power God, that God can start something out of nothing. Number three, the love and the grace of God for sinful man. So God wants you to have that thing that there is no condemnation. Run to me when you sin, don't run away from me. Men don't run away from the bathroom when they get dirty. They run to the bathroom. I am the water that cleanses. Run to me when you feel dirty. Number five. Number four is the superiority of God over earthly matters. So we see the Red Sea parted in Exodus 14, verse 15 to 30. We see God showing off his power and saying, yes, I put the laws of nature in motion, but there's something called the supernatural that actually um, hinders this. Or not in the overpass the natural, and that can be done in anyone's life. You need to believe God beyond what you see, you need to believe God beyond what men say. They say, Oh, it's no longer possible. You need to believe that God is superior over earthly matters. Number five, the patience of God in all situations. We saw the story of Job uh, that like it is from a rise in Jim chapter 5, verse 11, talking about the patience of Job, which shows the patience of God. Because we know that Job ran out of patience to an extent and began to speak against God. So God is patient in all things. So we're going to go to the five remaining things we did not talk about and also touch on something that I want us to hold today. So we're going to go to the um, five remaining things about the ten thought dispositions that the law will bring into a person's life. And when we say the law, I made sure that this study, all the scriptures are talking about things that happened majorly in the time of the law. And also, there are things that are still supported by the rest of the Bible. That means these things are still true when you read the book of Joshua, the book of Chronicle Second Chronicles, Second Corinthians, Romans, Revelations, whatever, these things are still true. But if you only had those five books of the Bible, you will still get this reality. Number six is, so I'm continuing on the 10 dispositions that the word will bring to you. Number six is, the foreknowledge of God on foreseeable and unforeseeable matters. The foreknowledge of God on foreseeable and unforeseeable matters. If you read with me the book of Exodus, chapter 4, verse 1 to 9, you will see there uh, Moses encountering God and God preparing him for all the obstacles he will face. Firstly, the snakes uh of the magicians that will be swallowed by the rod of Moses that would turn to a snake, uh, the rod of Moses turning things from a river that is normal to a river that was red blood, you know, or blood red. Everything, God was preparing Moses. God says, put your hand in your bosom, bring it out, it became lepros. God was showing him, I can turn things out supernaturally in an instant. So God is proving to Moses that the challenges you're going to face in where I'm sending you, I'm, I've already equipped you with them. So when you read the word of God, one of the things you're supposed to do when it says this word will give you, it will bring you to good success. The word of God prepares you against uh, the things you're going to face in future. That's why I usually say to people around me, I hardly get shocked. Now someone can say things about me, betray me, steal from me, or so I can hear about someone who did something wrong. I yes, yeah, I can get surprised that the person did it, but I'm not so surp- I'm not shocked that people can do that. All right. Because when you read the word of God and you meditate upon it, it will require your thinking. That means you need to imagine it. So when you read the story of Judas, you need to imagine that someone did that to you. And prepare your mind that people will do that to you because men in their flesh are inherently evil. So when you get shocked that someone did something against you, it's a a sign, it's a show that you don't believe the word of God is true. You think it's just a story you're reading. It's alive and well and it's something that will still happen any other day. All right, so the word of God prepares you for the future, it equips you. Number seven is the covenant relationship that was established with God. The covenant relationship that was established with God. Let's read the book of um, Deuteronomy, chapter 8, Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 18. I want to read there very quickly. Hallelujah! Praise God. It says, But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He that gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore unto your fathers as it is this day. So God is saying, when you come into the land, when you have provision, when you have abundance, he says, remember the Lord your God, that it is he that gave you the power to get well, that he may establish the covenant that he gave to your fathers as you are experiencing it this day. God, child of God, God is a covenant keeper. So when you read the word of God, Understand that God does things, not because of your zeal, not just because of your prayers, but because of his covenant. Now, that should tell you that you should focus, your your life should be wrapped around the covenant of God. You know, many times what we do is this. We use the covenant of God to succeed in what we want to succeed in. That we give God um, tips, we tip God, like God, thank you because my business is succeeding now. So, I, I want to increase my offering, take this offering. Um, I know I don't have time to come to work again. I don't even have time for Bible study. I know that even at work I can listen online, but I I, I just I just don't have that time. I would rather scroll on Instagram and see what see what Savage did and go through what uh, Brother Nigeria is saying and go through what they are saying about the Pandora Papers and uh, you know I'll I'll pay for it. No, don't worry. But I thank you because this is your covenant about wealth is working, man. It really works. So. Take this, my tithe. I I know you need it. (laughs) You and your people, those men of God, they need it. You take God. Uh, Then they tell you, oh, madam, you you didn't stay for the full service. I I have to go and take care of my kids. The kids you were praying about, you were praying for. Say, God, if you give me kids, I will save you all my life. You were praying like, God, I will dedicate my children to you. Your children cannot even dedicate five minutes to watch Christian TV channel. They tell you, I want to watch Paw Patrol. You switch there. You can't make them do the things that you can make them do right now when they are still under your roof a lot of times we use the covenant of God as a way to get to where we want to get to. Rather than align yourself, since you know the covenant will work, oh boy, rather than say, what is the covenant of God? Then align yourself to it. In the New Testament, we have the covenant you know, uh, recorded in, let me read that, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and also chapter 8. I want to go there very quickly. Hallelujah. And we'll just read this very quickly so you can see because I already mentioned that, so you wonder, okay. So, what is now the covenant of God uh that, that we're supposed to focus on? Verse Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. Let me read from verse 9. It says, Then it says, Lo, I come to do your will, oh God. It takes over the first that he may establish the second. Talking about the first covenant, that he may establish the second uh covenant. Hallelujah. Verse 16 says, This is the covenant. That I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds. I will write them and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. No. So it says here, I will remember the sins and iniquities of this people, of anyone who believes in me no more. I will remember it no more. So that means that God is telling you that I'm now, my covenant is now about forgiveness and reconciliation. I say that again, forgiveness and reconciliation. You can also see these things written in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. It says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their heart in their minds and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people, and they shall teach no, not every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest, for I will be merciful their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities i will remember no more so this is another recounting of the same covenant but it gives more detail here it says their sins and iniquities i remember no more i I wish i could have time to explain when it says they shall not teach any man saying know the law that means that let me just try it in the next few seconds that means that people will know god intuitively that's why when you now hear a sermon talking about the mercifulness of God, you will say, I've experienced it before. So when a man says, if you don't tithe, God will punish you, you. That's not most people's experience. Now, you might have gone through some bad things when you did not tithe. But the majority of people's experience is that. they are. That's why you see a lot of people who are messing up their lives. They still say things like, Baba God Day. They say, there's a God. God is on my side. I, God, God show for me. God... Baba God, God is merciful. They say things like that in our local in Nigeria. Because they hear the pastor says, God is angry with you, but they have seen that they are merciful. They will sing songs after they go to sing. They, the, the, a, a, a singer will, will sing about rolling blunts, you know, smoking, womanizing. Then the next track is about how, how God is merciful. Because his experience does not align with what the pastor said about how Ash God is, the God of the Old Testament. Their experience is more about a merciful God. They are saying that they did something wrong yesterday and they hit a contract tomorrow of $3 millionaire, $5 rands, million, uh, $6 million. So it doesn't correlate because by experience, they've seen the mercy of God. They knew when they did wrong and God protected them on their journey back from that wrong. And they were afraid. A girl went to prostitute on the island, took a ferry. And she was afraid there was no life jacket. And she came back and, and she was on the boat and she was saying, God, please protect me. You know, I did something wrong right now. And she gets off the boat and said, thank God. That was a one hour ride that was so dangerous. Thank God, God, it's your mercy. Our, our experience is mercy, not, not the judgment you're talking about. So when a man announces, God has forgiven you in Christ Jesus, our mind says, that is true. Though another preacher says, they are telling you nonsense. Your, your sin is taking you to hell. It's true. If she does not repent, she will go to hell. But what she's experiencing right now is that God is merciful, so she can believe the guy was saying that God is merciful because though it doesn't make sense, the the, the logical gospel will be: do bad and God will do bad to you; do good and God will do good to you. If you do this good, God will do good to you. It's logical. It's not gospel. Uh, A tit for a a, a tit for tat, an eye for an eye, is not the gospel. It's the law. People do an eye for an eye. Go and offend someone on the road right now slap them without explanation they will slap you back and say why did you slap me in fact most people will slap you back before asking why did you slap me they don't need the bible to know how to do tit for tat but when you do bad and god doesn't do bad to you that's what people are experiencing so the bible says that jesus said the son of man has not come to destroy men's life but to save it the bible says in second corinthians chapter five that God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world but to reconcile the world unto himself so you hear these things so when you begin to uh, hear people talking about the grace of God you're thinking they're saying continuing in nonsense and don't 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 um, don't repent no that's not what they're saying they're telling you the reality people are already experiencing this mercy we're just telling you the truth of the Bible but we're saying the mercy is an open window for you to come to God all right. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. So people are seeing the goodness of God. They are seeing it. Oh boy, I spent more than seconds on that. So the so when you understand that God is in the ministry of mercy, you can align yourself and say, for instance, this is an instance, this is not all about it. Ooh, which preacher do I have around me who is preaching the mercy of God? Since this is the thing that God is doing now, is in the ministry of mercy in this dispensation, we're not in the dispensation of Moses, can I find a preacher of such nature of such ministry and aligned to listening to him developing under him because he's aligned to God. It's that simple. Can I find a preacher like that who says we need more uh, resources or we need more hands to volunteer to do this and cooperate with that preacher? Can I find that person who says, oh, this is what I do. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching the mercy of God. You're hearing the person talk such things over and over and says, I need more prayers. Can you pray for my ministry To And you align yourself with that. If you knew the covenant of God and knew how to use it rightly, It's alignment not to use it to benefit yourself. What happens at last is that when you align with those ministries, those kind of things, with what God is doing through covenant, it will bless you as a byproduct. You will not be running after the blessing, but the blessing will be running after you. What will happen will be that Matthew 6 verse 33 will happen to you, which is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing will be added to you. Glory to God. So we're still in number seven, the covenant relationship that, God, that was established with God. So the, the law, the word of God shows us that. So when you begin to do this, you begin to have success in every area of your life. Number eight, the holiness of God and his desire for his holiness to be replicated in us. In Leviticus verse, chapter 20, verse 7 to 8. Let's read that very quickly. So in the law, you see the, the holiness of God and God's desire to replicate that holiness in his people. Leviticus chapter twenty verse seven to eight, it says, "Sanctify yourselves therefore, and be ye holy, for I am holy. For I am the the Lord your God." Sorry, I'll read that again. Sanctify yourselves therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God, and ye shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord which sanctifies you. So you see here that God is holy. God desires holiness from us, and what is holiness? Holiness is. Stay away from the common wrong pattern. Stay away from what the flesh will ask of you to do. And God says here, I'm the Lord that sanctifies you. Sanctify means I'm the Lord who makes you holy. So in this verse, you've seen that God is saying you can't even live holy by yourself, I'm the Lord who does that. So how you cooperate with His word? The Bible says, How shall a young man cleanse his ways? It says, By taking heed unto the word of the Lord. You separate yourself from the wrong. People say, Christmas is coming. I don't have enough money. So begin to steal in the office. Change figures. You separate yourself from that. Knowing that this word of God, if I obey this, I will have success. Financial success will be included in the success that God is talking about for my life. But the success will be a success that is in God. You will stay away from the wrong so that the right can have a channel to flow into your life. God wants his people to be separate. Separate in every way. Separately, in every way we ought to be holy in nature that's what happens when you get born again the nature of, of god comes into you by the holy spirit which enters anyone who gets born again so the holy spirit is who helps you to live holy because it firstly gives you the nature of god so there's holiness in nature there's also holiness in character so that's what most times you hear about but if you don't have holiness in nature all the holy acts you're doing in character will easily be a waste. You need to become holy in spirit. Your spirit is holy. Then your character needs to be holy. Your character needs to be holy. And there are three areas of holiness, but there's no time for us to uh, to talk about that fully. The third is holiness and experience. Experience in terms of when there's a casting down, you will see there's a lifting up. The common evil will not be forming. If there's COVID-19, the Delta variant, any other variant, I will stand tall over it. It's not supposed to come near me. No evil will come near my dwelling. Hallelujah. So God calls you to that holiness, that uniqueness. Number nine is the meticulousness of God that we see in the Bible. The meticulousness of God. What does it mean to be meticulous? That is God's attention to detail and excellence. In Exodus 25, verse 8 to 9, you see God telling Moses, Oh, I've given you the uh, details of the temple. And God gave measurements for every little thing. Let me read that verse, those verses in verse eight and nine. God is speaking to Moses in Exodus chapter twenty five, verse eight and nine. He says, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell amongst them, according to all that I showed you after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make. According to all, God is a God of meticulousness; is detailed, and God is a God of excellence. So you're doing stuff; don't say nobody will notice it. You're you, you're doing the program, and you just add some things under here, add some things under here. Uh, the the decoration is not nice. The the cloth table is wrinkled, and it it is not showing the picture. The, the child of God, the cloth table not showing the rumpledness of the cloth table not showing in the picture is not. Is not the goal. Excellence is in your spirit, child of God. You have an excellent spirit, by the Holy Spirit that's in you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 that he that is joined unto the Lord God Almighty, joined unto the Lord Jesus, is one. So your spirit and the spirit of God are now one. That means you have an excellent spirit. So uh, trying to do things in, in a half-baked way is not of your nature, it's of your flesh. You see, how is that was a bad thing? It's not the nature of God to do things shabbily. It's in the nature of God to say, though people don't see, please hear this. People might not see that that cloth is rumpled, is wrinkled, whatever, but you see it and you are, out of you should flow excellence because you ooze you excellence. <laughs> oh boy, you ooze excellence. I just remember some things that people say. Uh, I, you know. So you ooze excellence. You ought to, Say, I don't care. No, it's not about people seeing. It's not about people seeing. People will say, oh, nobody's seeing me. Let me just dress anyhow. I can walk on my street. No one is seeing me. Let me tell you, you are a royalty. You are royalty. It's not about people seeing you. It's your thinking. If your thinking has changed, you'll stop thinking that way. Oh, I can behave. I can do how I want. Nobody's seeing me. So hear this. I am. <laughs> this is making me uh, chuckle because I, I know a lot of people do this. A lot of people do this. I need to understand, you're not doing it for people's sake, you're doing it for yourself's sake. You are royal majesty, child of God. You are royal majesty. Royal majesty doesn't wear flip flops to, to five streets away. Royal majesty, even if no one knows you, the Bible says a king that is in honor and knoweth it, a man, sorry, that is in honor and does not know it, is like a beast that perishes. So you honor yourself, even though men have not honored you, you honor the honor that God has honored you with. Hallelujah! I'll say that again. You honour the honour that God has honoured you with, so therefore you do things with excellence. You pay attention to how your hair looks. No one is seeing me because you're married now. You drop everything down. You pay attention to your haircut You pay attention to your beard You pay attention to how you set up your stuff. You pay attention to your office desk. You pay attention. No one is seeing. It's my house. No one is. with it. You pay attention. This is the house of a king. See, so when you begin to take those things seriously, it will matter. It will now begin to have effect in your prayer. Because the devil is surprised when you say, I'm royal priesthood. And the only time you say it is when, the only time you act that way is when you're praying. Even angels are surprised. But you don't talk to yourself like royalty. You don't speak like royalty. You don't think like royalty. But only in prayer, you want to act like royalty. Child of God, you're reducing your effectiveness. Think that way, act that way. It's not just to be a time of prayer that you bring out those things. Number 10, what the word of God will do. It brings into your mind the multi-generational mindset of God the multi-generational mindset of God. Exodus chapter 12, verse 26. I want to read this very quickly. because of our time. I still have some things to share. Exodus chapter 10, uh, 12, sorry, verse 26. Hallelujah. I believe this is getting across to you in a good way. Praise God. 12, verse 26. I read and uh, it says, let me find out. It says, And it shall come to pass, when your children shall see unto you, what mean year this service? So he's talking about the service of the Passover. God was saying, every year, do a memorial of the Passover of the Lamb that will be slain, eat it with bitter herbs. So, and which is what we call Easter today. He says, then you shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered and delivered our houses and the people bowed and the head and worship. So God was saying every year there should be a Passover ceremony every year so that all your generations to come will keep asking the question and you'll be able to discuss about it. Let me read also Deuteronomy chapter 6. So God was not saying they should do that because God just wanted to remember. No, God wanted the people to remember and he wanted the people's children's children's children to keep remembering. God is thinking multi-dimensional, multi-generational about your life. Exodus, sorry, yes, uh, Deuteronomy, sorry, chapter 6. I want to find that scripture very quickly. Verse 6 to 7. Let's read the New Living Translation and the NID also. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise God. 6 six to 7 says, And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as a reminder. Write them on the doorpost of your houses, on your house, and on your gates. So, this is verse 9. So, you've seen that God is saying, I want it to be his thing, do you remember i want it to be a thing you remember then let your children hear about them over and over cause it's repeat them again and again to your children our children are God's mind for the next future our children and if you don't have children right now you might not uh, say you might say oh i don't have children yet let me tell you this when you begin to have children you start getting concerned about future things more than uh, you were before, because you know they are going to be the ones entering into the majority of the future. All right, the most of the future you can think about, and and you must understand is any platform that is set up right now must be well done. If not, any system that we set up as a political system, a societal system, makes it easier to sin or easier to live righteously. If you don't think that is important, this is why. Politics is important because every leader comes up with uh, their levels of uh, religious freedom. So let me give you an instance. So the Bible says that in Sodom and Gomorrah, that the, 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 the soul of Lot was vexed by the things he both saw and heard. That means he was seen a lot of sin, hearing a lot of bad talk, and his soul was vexed. That means it is a bad place to raise up children. So if you were in Sodom and Gomorrah, you should be seeking for how the leadership would change, and the leadership would be a godly leadership. You say, I, I don't care. I'm, as long as I'm blessed. See, this man called Lot was blessed. It was. He went into that Sodom and Gomorrah with property. However, his soul was unguarded from the evil of the society. You cannot say I'm rich. I'm doing well. It's fine. You cannot say as long as I, I the, the dollar might be increasing in 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 against value against naira in value but as long as i have plenty of it where you are affects your children affects your tomorrow affects affects them so you might be super rich thinkingly rich but the systems around them will affect it will leave a platform of evil or a platform of good for your children provide a platform of good or evil to make it hard for people to live godly or make it easy for people to live godly that's the truth about every system So you can't just be concerned about yourself. You must be concerned about where the world is going to. Not worried, but concerned so that you can participate constructively. This is why it's a wrong thing for Christians not to be involved in in politics. What is politics? Something that has to do with the people. Politics is from the word polity, which means the people of a society. So if you're not involved in the things that have to do with the direction that the people of the society are going to, who leads them? Who dictates? Who determines? Who represents them? Then you don't even know what the gospel is, because for God so loved the world is what the gospel is about. So if you're not concerned about the world, you're concerned about as long as I make heaven, I my family is well, I leave an investment for them, I leave an inheritance for them, I'm good. No, you must be consciously involved in where society is going to. You say I can't change the society. You can make a big mark in society, and you can even change society. Hallelujah. Praise God. The time was gone. I thought I was going to be able to share some things, but I wanted to hold hold on to these things, and I want to help you understand these things. When you begin to lay these things on your heart, God begins to engineer success that you cannot engineer for yourself. Now, this doesn't remove the place of um, hard work, uh, intelligence, studying, expanding your knowledge base, but it removes. Please hear this. It removes the toil that God did not make for the believer. Toiling is not part of what God designed for you. Jesus said that look at the lilies of the field. Matthew chapter 6. They do not toil or spin. Yet your heavenly father provides clothing for them that is better than Solomon's clothing. They do not toil. They do not spin. They do not toil. They do not spin. Those words are powerful. They do not not toil. And there's provision for them. You think you need to do that thing, do that thing, do that thing, then you add prayer. No. Then you add God. People add God at the end. I Work hard first, then God will do his own part. No. You do things in line with God because there's a success that will come out of your pursuing of God. And you'll see your last point, sir. How does it matter to my success? Very good question. Abraham was a man who God used as an example. God said, I want to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But um, seeing that Abraham is my friend. Should I hide this thing from him? Then God says, "I know that Abraham will command his children to do according to my word, so I will not hide it from him." So this this revelation of God wanting to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah was revealed to Abraham because Abraham was a multi generational thinker. He was always getting his children in line, or yeah, in line with what God's mind is. God says, "Because of that, I'm going to share the divine secret with him." I'm going to share prophetic wisdom with him. I'm going to share ideas about the future with him. Abraham knew about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah before time, and he was able to negotiate with God about the future of Sodom and Gomorrah. You can change the course of a nation because God does, God is saying that you are faithful with thinking about the next generation. You might not have children right now, but you can be a teacher of children, you can be, you know, in the children's church, working in any place, or you can be. You don't even need to be all that. You just need to have children around you as neighbors, nephews, nieces, cousins. And as you even prepare to be a parent, if you're not one yet, you need to start preparing your mind about how do I raise kids? What are the ills of today that people are doing wrongly in terms of uh, how to raise kids? How do I prepare myself against falling into the errors that I'm seeing parents run into? God has a system of success for you. It's it's uh, painful to me that we can not uh, now go into the second gear of what I wanted to talk about after laying this foundation. And I wanted to talk about richness towards God because wealth is a, it's a thing used a lot of times to uh, uh, measure success in our world today. And we want to see how that has to do in success when it comes to God. And we're going to get into that as we go into the next week on Sound of Strength. Thank you for joining me today. And I want us to take a faith confession before we uh, conclude today's broadcast. Let's say, Father, we thank you for the word. We appreciate you for the wisdom that we find in you, that is in your truth, that is in your life, that is in the revelation of your wisdom. Thank you because your word is truth. Your word is life. Your word is wisdom. Your word is cleansing power. And Lord, I thank you for your word. By this word, I will never remain the same. In Jesus' name, Hallelujah! If you can raise your hand above your head or put your hand upon your chest, say these things, these words with me boldly. They are taken from the book of Galatians two, verse twenty; Colossians two, verse twelve to thirteen; First Corinthians one, verse thirty; Second Corinthians five, verse seventeen; First John chapter four, verse four; John chapter eight, verse forty-two; Colossians three, verse one; Matthew chapter Mark, sorry, chapter fourteen, verse sixty-four. And Ephesians um, chapter 1, verse 23. Hallelujah. See after me. Say, I confess today that I know who I am. I am not the old me improved. I am not the old me modified. I am not the old me forgiven. I declare the old me was judged with Christ, crucified and died with Christ. The new me is the new one now living. I am a new man in Christ, a totally new creation and a wonder. Say that again. I am a new man in Christ, a totally new creation and a wonder. I confess that I know of whom I am. I know of God. I know of whom I am. I am of God. I am from God. Say that again. I am of God. And I am from God. I declare that I know what I have. I have redemption through Christ. I have God's righteousness. I have holiness as my core nature. I have the wisdom of God. I declare that I know where I am. I am in Christ. In the extravagant love of God the Father. He has elevated me beyond all hierarchies of Only angels and heavenly beings. The angels are standing around the throne of God. But I am seated. Hallelujah. I am seated at God's right hand. I am seated at God's very right hand in Christ. In this day, I agree with the Bible that the right hand of God is the place of his power. So I confess that I am seated at the right hand of God's power. I am positioned in God to use divine authority and power to tweak, change, start, stop and influence people and situations to the glory of God. I declare that I know my place in Christ and I take my place in Christ and today I'm succeeding in the success that is available in Christ and nothing shall hinder me. The spirit of success is working within me and I'm manifesting success in all I do. For my mind is stayed on the word of God. And the word of God is producing ideas, concepts, and systems for me as a platform to reign in life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you believe those words are your reality, say big, big, big amen. Thank you all for being a part of today's broadcast. My name remains Wale Adinero. I want to ask of you to join in, join in on Friday for Night of Prayer as we pray through on the theme from Amen to Hallelujah. The time is 11.30, Nigeria time, 11.30 p.m. into the morning, just one hour of prayer, but intense one hour of prayer. Let's pray through and have victory on all sides through the authority that we have in Christ. Thank you all for being a part of this once again. Till I come your way again, You have a blessed week. In Jesus' name, bye.
0: Wake up and breathe in deeper than yesterday. Take on the morning like your soul's been remade. for joining in to listen to this week's edition of Sound of Strength. We believe that you have been blessed. To find more teaching content from Wale Adeniron, go to www.bit.ly slash gracewise. It's your love and financial partnership that makes this possible. To give or become a financial partner of this ministry, please go to